0: International.
1: All right, you're listening to Leading the Blind. It's not my podcast, it's Ariel Norman and Brett Vervoort's podcast. I'm Gary Levitt, and I'm the guest. I guess.
2: to post this picture of turtle rape
1: to twitter <laughs> isn't all animal sex rape uh,
2: yeah well that's a large that's proportion. why i was looking at it because i have a whole bit about it's actually not all rape because i have been doing a lot of research on this but gotcha. it's at least 50 percent rape and i think the scientists are being really generous about yeah. it yeah but again it's it functions differently for animals um
0: so i have a tree a
1: outside my window and i recently saw bird sex and that definitely did not look consensual.
0: Yeah. Uh, was it mid-flight?
1: It was on a branch. Uh,
0: cla- I want to say classy, but there's no really classy way <laughs> to do that. It was a nice branch. It was, a <laughs> hey, best Like, view. What about
2: it seemed um, rape, rapey to you?
1: Well, the one bird, I'm guessing was the female, was there peacefully sitting on the branch. Then the other bird came and flew right on top of her. Mm-hmm. And there was a big noise. And then I'm guessing it was a consensual because the female flew to another branch. Hmm. She didn't leave the tree, but she left up wraps. So,
0: well, uh, do do birds have penises? Because I think
2: they most don't, and yeah. so probably those birds didn't have penises. But you can still annoy someone, yeah, with, with your humping. them, yeah, yeah, oh. just yeah. They're like, no, I don't want your stupid.
1: <laughs> How yeah. do they reproduce?
2: They okay, so they they do have a hole, mm-hmm. so it's like a scissor rape thing that they're trying to do. That's what, and they it's just you have to like.
1: Oh, just like the dump semen into semen. the, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and the ladies basically have to kind of like hold their butt cheeks apart a little bit in whatever way. Um, mm. So usually there's a squatting motion that accommodates. And then when they're done, they have to kind of like, you know, tighten it up and kind of let it soak in if they want it. Oh. So if they don't want it, they can kind of just fart it back out. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: That sounds more advanced than us, actually. It is.
2: We it really is. should. Our You know, that taut ache and. Guy who thought that women's bodies have a way of shutting it down. Birds do,
0: but humans, right. sadly. Sadly yeah, don't. Not as good. Save a that. lot of money if it was just a fart. You know, just yeah. one, one quick fart out. We, we have wouldn't to even need. after. Pillows. Yeah, we wouldn't even
2: need plan B. We could just plan A as... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> nope. If only oh. we we're as smart as the birds.
2: But you can, if you have sex that um, you don't want to be baby-making, can't you, like, scoop the, the come-out and like to some extent lessen your chances of getting pregnant probably Surely. or
0: just have them pull out like a classy i was <laughs> saying let's say you get
2: some in there and yeah can, mm. you can though kind of like wipe it away try to try to like dig as far as you can up there and kind of <laughs> i'd be scared yeah. you're gonna push it further that's a good point yeah that's a good point how mm. could you maybe we need like a swiffer kind of a section yeah and sexual kind of swiffer
1: microscopic
2: yeah, and Love if it us. went all the way up there, because I feel like that would offend people less than uh, some people are upset by what the Plan B bill, pill does scientifically. Yeah. Um, and so I think this would be less offensive if you were just scooping out the cum.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if none you, of it's
2: fertilized.
0: Yeah, you do like a 1950s style ad, the woman's like, hey, untidy badge. Yeah, you could really just do shit, really. Couldn't you,
2: if you just had like a a squirty bottle and you could just kind of like rinse your vagina out? One of those homeless guys
0: with a squeegee.
1: Is this the podcast?
2: (laughs) It is right now. (laughs) Okay, all right, well. Welcome.
0: Good (laughs) to meet you, Gary. (laughs) I I
1: feel like I need a vagina for this conversation.
0: You
2: you have come, that's relevant. Yeah.
1: I do.
0: Now we have people from uh, either perspective, you know.
2: I
1: carry it internally. (laughs)
0: That's gotcha. gotcha. <laughs>
2: nice of you to do
0: that. It's
1: no, yeah, b- no I prefer it that way.
0: <laughs> we we're
2: grateful to you for <laughs> not wearing a necklace. The, don't
1: worry, these tissues here are uh come free.
2: Good Ooh. Thank you. for now.
0: They okay, um, the tasty spoon
2: on them. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's nice. So what uh what brings you to Austin? I see you're doing a bunch of shows this week.
1: Uh yeah, just uh here to check out the city and uh do some comedy. Yeah. Um, a podcast.
2: Did you come here specifically for comedy? Are you scoping us out for any particular reason? Or are you just like, uh, let me see what the awesome comedy seems like?
1: Well, I came here with my girlfriend, and uh, it's nice to mix business and pleasure. Sure. Mm-hmm. And also, I really feel like when I visit places, I'm not so interested in the buildings and the stores. I like to experience a place with the people. Totally. Yeah, the culture.
2: Yeah, it's definitely more fun. You'll wind up checking out stores and restaurants and stuff, but yeah, when you start from the focus of people you're going to get somewhere interesting is your girlfriend also a comic
1: she's a musician
2: oh even better
1: much better i don't know if i can handle (laughs) dating another comic
2: is she doing gigs while she's here
1: no she's not she does plenty in new york so
2: gotcha all right so she's on vacation and you're on sort of vacation
1: yeah it's a vacation i mean comedy show it's so easy to just go in and go out
2: and have fun yeah they
1: don't even notice i'm gone you know i come back and i'm like oh Where'd you go to the bathroom? I'm like, no, I just went and did a show, actually.
2: Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Okay, and you live in Brooklyn? Yeah. And how long have you lived in Brooklyn?
1: I have lived, I think this is my seventh year. I've been trying to figure it out. What? It's my sixth or seventh year. I okay. can't quite figure it out.
2: Math is getting hard. How old are you?
1: Oh, very old. I'm like 72. <laughs>
2: So 36,
1: <laughs> 36, 37? Uh, yeah, something like that.
2: Okay, all right. Okay. okay, all right. You know what? This is feminism that a man yeah. doesn't want to tell us. I yeah. I applaud you for not um, being
1: If I was a woman, would you ask me my age?
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: Okay, good for you.
0: But I appreciate you trying to keep an air of mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look I, great for 72, by the way. Thank you. You look good for 37. Thank so.
1: you. Um, what if I told you I'm actually 28?
0: Yeah, that was
2: one of my guesses earlier. <laughs> Brad and I were talking about how old you might be, and I was like, "He's only—he could be twenty-eight. He could be thirty-six. We'll always, see."
1: Always good to guess younger because you'd never offend someone that way.
2: You will offend me if you guess younger. I hate young people. You know, there's nothing more offensive than telling me that I could—I could be twenty-four. I would be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I hate young people. Why are we—why are we valuing youth? Whatever. <laughs> Experience I, I talk over youth. This, thank you. Good point. Wisdom. Um and where are you from originally?
1: Um I'm actually from New York, but I lived in California for a while. Mm-hmm. So I lived in San Francisco for 4 years, I lived in LA for 4 years.
0: Did you uh, start no. in LA or did you start in New York?
1: I started in New York, which if you're going to do comedy, they say is not a good decision. Mm-hmm. Because everyone watches you suck for many years and you only get a, one chance at a first impression. So I was a musician for years, and I was playing music in San Francisco and L.A. And then I uh, started doing stand-up and loved it. And you know, a lot of people in New York have seen me get better and better.
2: Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm confused. What you said? So you said you did start in New York? I did. But then you moved to San Francisco, right?
1: No, I oh. s- started in New York when I came back from oh, when you California. Came
2: back. Oh, okay, so you were doing music in San Francisco and L.A. Yeah. And you didn't start until... So you've been doing comedy for six or seven years?
1: Uh, four years, actually. Four years. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, well, congratulations. I just
1: hit my fourth year, August 8th, was the first so show I ever
2: graduated. Done. You have an undergraduate.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> so yeah. I'm working on my master's now, which Excellent. might take another 12 years.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the comedy <laughs> master's is something like that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool, so... Did you you did you did want to do comedy when you were in California?
1: You know, it's funny. I've, I have this thing where one person can make such a difference in your life. You know, I've always been funny in school growing up. And if one person would have said to me, Gary, you're funny. You should be a stand-up comedian. I think my lights and bells would have went off in my head. But no one ever said that to me. It was just like, oh, music, you can play music. Music Mm -hmm. is fun. I love music. I love playing music. I love writing songs. And I just ended up doing that. And then I kind of, we did a lot of touring and I just got really burnt out. And I was just looking for another art form to satisfy myself. And I tried improv. I did improv classes for a bit at UCB and the pit, which is in New York. And that just was like, wait a minute. This is all the things that suck about playing in a band, <laughs> you know, like yeah. relying on other people, scheduling, and then I said, "Okay, you should just do it. Try stand up." So I signed up for my first open mic, and I did one of those open mics where you have to sign up in advance, which yeah. is really, I think, a good idea. To force yourself to do it. Yeah, you can't back can't back out. So I did it, and right when I got my first laugh, it was like it was like my first hit of crack, mm-hmm. hooked. <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah it's just been going nonstop since
2: all right yeah shit um wow so you you had to start in, in brooklyn and you start in new york that's um it just seems like such a were you one of those musicians who was trying to be funny between your songs when you're like you know you know you get that chance to say something into the mic
1: yeah, I would be funny, but I never thought about yeah. it in the terms of stand-up comedy. It's such a different context. Like, yeah. when I see bands play now, and I'm like, wait, the singer got a laugh from that? That would bomb so hard at, a, at an open mic or yeah. a show.
0: Do you think audiences uh, for musicians are probably, like, maybe more generous than a stand-up crowd?
1: Yeah, and I think it's also sometimes that awkwardness. They're laughing because there's no music happening. yeah. <laughs> So.
2: yeah they're on the side of the musician they don't expect the musician to be funny anything that they say yeah whereas with comedians sometimes the audience has the thing of like well you better be funny we'll see if you're funny but
1: yeah i think that's one of the differences with improv and common mm. stand-up too with improv
2: they assume it won't be funny they assume it won't, so the they, bar is so low
1: <laughs> the bar should be so low <laughs> but they're also rooting for you yeah. they know it's all happening in the moment you learn from that like you know when you do stand-up and you have material that you know works, and then you, the biggest laugh of your set might be something you just improvised in the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it always leaves me baffled. Still, I'm like, why is that funny? And it's just the audience. Yeah, unconsciously knew it was in the moment.
2: They do, I know, and that's why I I'm still in the middle of this battle in my mind all the time. Of do I do I try my best to always be so completely present that I'm not, like, doing my material. Like, I don't let it become rote at all Mm -hmm. because I want to always have that magic. If I can get to the place where I always have that magic, where I really, even if it's stuff I've said before, I'm still, um, it's really still being said for the first time in this way. Yeah. But then if you go to a show and you think you have that and then you start and then all of a sudden your brain's like, but you kind of half try to be prepared but then uh, you know what i mean like if you if you kind of you're like oh, okay I'm, I'm gonna be present in the moment and not be prepared but you kind of know this thing that you want to get through yeah you know and then you just like Ugh. i think it's
1: trusting yourself the best advice i ever got was from my girlfriend we, we were dating for several months and i did not want her to come see me do stand up <laughs> i was like why she's like oh, i want to see you perform I'm like this is going great yeah <laughs> why do we need to bring that into this <laughs> mm-hmm. so then finally i had to relent and uh i did okay and then after the show she's like you were great i'm like really yeah she goes yeah and the crowd liked you i mean it was great i was like oh i'm so relieved and she said to me this is the best thing i ever got was well you're funny in person so like i knew you were going to be funny
2: mm-hmm. I'm yeah. Like, oh
1: yeah okay
2: yeah that's exactly it you have to trust yourself to be funny but but don't you ever still have uh, shows that there's a high pressure of like I have to kill it at the show in front mm. of these people or for this opportunity, and then it, and then it becomes well, how do I prepare for that, but in a way that doesn't leave me stilted when I get there.
1: I know it's so tricky because I, I still get nervous before going on stage. But if you didn't get nervous, I think there'd be something a little flat about the performance. Yeah. True. So maybe the nerves can work to your advantage as long as they don't glitch your brain, you know.
0: Yeah. What was the uh, first joke you told that you were like, "Oh, this this works"?
1: <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, uh, I forget the setup exactly, but it's like, yeah, I'm kind of a bad boy, you know. I might go to coffee shops and pour milk in all the half and halves, <laughs> just just to make three eighths. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's so so, so bad.
2: No, I like that because that's a kind of like joke that no one is going to be offended by and everyone's going to like, everyone's going to like you a little bit more Yeah, for, because not only is it funny, but it's, it's, it's like self-deprecating that you would tell such a silly joke. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You're like, I'm not taking myself that seriously, guys. I am the clown. Like, here's a silly joke. Now, now you trust me a little bit. more.
1: Right. Yeah. And if you like math, it's a real bonus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> If you like doing milk math, <laughs>
1: <laughs> vegans hate that joke. Actually,
2: yeah, it's all evil. It's not three eighths <laughs> compromise. It's can't all. Can't do it with soy?
1: <laughs> you,
0: it's vanilla almond soy three mm-hmm. whatever. It's weird, man. All all the dairy farmers are actually suing all the almond and like soy people for technically calling it milk. So you can't. Oh really? Yeah, because. Aww. But no I think that
2: it. I think that like the customers know. I don't think yeah. that the farmers are getting hurt. I, I don't think the customers are like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It says almond milk. You know, <laughs> mm, well, I, I support farmers uh, in every way I can. But I that, didn't know almonds had dumb. titties. <laughs> <laughs> How many of us have just heard a bunch of open mic comics saying it's jokes like that? And, exactly. the, and that's basically what these farmers are doing with that yeah. lawsuit. Is making a dumb,
0: I didn't know almonds had titties joke. Yeah, just like that one guy in a sketch that takes everything literally. Right. And you're like, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
2: so with your writing process then, um, are you? do you take time out of your week to sit down at coffee shops and write? Or how does writing work for you now?
1: I'm on the subways quite a lot. So I try to write on the subways mm-hmm. and just in my head. And then if I think of something, I'll jot it down. I'll write on stage a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to keep it a little loose, but have like little points that I want to hit. Yeah. I'm not like the type of comic like Jerry Seinfeld where he has it so meticulously written out. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I just kind of try and trust in myself and know that the humor part of it will come out, but also value real estate of the word.
2: Right. Yeah, there's so many competing theories about. Whether we should be trying to be to, to tighten these things up and and get these laughs per minute, but I feel like we all know that most the audiences have evolved and people really want this um, honesty and presence and vulnerability and those magic moments. So yeah, probably unless you're just trying to get like on TV and and, and have that kind of like professional old school career, but if you're not going that route, it's like obvious that. You've got to be looser. Right? What,
1: what I'm playing with now, which I like, is it, like have a, having a story. Mm-hmm. So you have, you have a, you've, you've been in a storytelling show? Yeah. You know, so there's a storyteller, and then you could have your story, which maybe would be, say it's six minutes. Then you could just try to write jokes in between as many as you can, just stuff them in there. Mm-hmm. So I have a thing now where it's like slowly growing, mm-hmm. and I'm putting in more jokes, and that kind of helps because you have a structure at least
2: so when you're when you say writing jokes, uh, are you doing that mostly on stage every time you tell it, or will you sit down and, and kind of sketch out here are the main points of the story? now, let me add some jokes
1: yeah i'll have I'll have it went, as it's written down in my notepad it'll be like little anchors mm-hmm. here's the joke, here's the joke, here's the joke, and then I'll try and stick in more areas mm-hmm. more jokes, and that'll just happen in my head during the day if I'm thinking about it or something just pops in mm. Mm-hmm. Then I can be like, oh, I can go that direction with it. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of tools, you know, like list, you could list tropes of something. So, like, oh, what are the tropes of this? And then you can try and figure that out.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, you do have a, you have a, it sounds like you write, you literally write on subways. <laughs> um, but you, I just mean, you know, cause not everybody literally writes at all. Yeah, And then you, you'll sketch, you'll jot things down whenever they come to you. Um, but you will sometimes sit there and write and go, okay, here's how to make this joke better. And then you'll just get on stage and just. Um, kind of have some bullet points and and see what comes out and see if you remember all those little jokes that you wrote or if mm-hmm. something new happens.
1: Yeah, like for example, I'm I I'm a bit now. I think it's about up to two and a half minutes about Bed Bath and Beyond and they have a lifetime return policy. Mm-hmm. So then I'm, I have all these jokes intercepted. Let in me that. guess.
2: Come on the sheets. No, it's <laughs> not. Gonna,
1: <laughs> it's a little more highbrow. I, I hope. Yeah. But um, you know, then I could talk about living forever and the afterlife and you can there's so many places you can go from there. Yeah. within that structure. So yeah. that kind of helps like I obviously I'm pretty unstructured and having a sort of structure helps me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like if, even if I'm going to a show or if I'm going to a mic that will force me to write and get in the zone.
2: That makes sense. All right. I think I understand your writing process. (laughs) Please tell me. (laughs) uh, No, because I've been asking so many comics and I'm trying to get, I'm always like trying to get at certain things, but I think, I think a lot of people don't really know their own writing process or it's always in the middle of an evolution Mm -hmm. where it's kind of hard to say quite what we are doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had, Mm -hmm. I had a podcast called the Gary hour, Mm -hmm. which is my podcast. And I interviewed uh, Nick Vatterot, Mm
0: -hmm. who's
1: a great comic. And his writing process, I thought, was interesting. Where he'll just put earbuds in, and just talk to himself. He'll just walk mm-hmm. down the street talking to himself, and just riffing on his own premises. That's
2: what I do. Really? Yeah, that's what. That's my favorite writing. I was just doing that yesterday, and I was like, "Why haven't I done this in a minute?" Um, I don't do have you a record dog it right now? No, I used to, and I found I I hated listening to them, and they it never worked as well to get that translated from audio recording to um to jokes, so i try to write down i feel like the the less i write down the better um and it, 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 to a certain point but so if i'm writing and i am a little high or something and now all of a sudden some bit that used to be three minutes in one way i'm like oh here's a new joke here's a note you ju- 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 joke. Um, <laughs> all jew jokes huh well, mostly jew jokes <laughs> and vagina period jews um <laughs> but I'll just keep right and so then I'm I don't know still like should I just sketch should I should I write this down at all or should I just trust that my brain can do this again tonight should I sketch down the the littlest bits of it but then I think oh this is a great new way to reorder this um and I've been telling it in this order and yeah. I should reorder it this way and I think this is going to be so much better but then so just with like yesterday I I rewrote, like on accident, rewrote this bit that I've been doing lately, and I think it's way better, and I like the new structure. Um, But then I didn't know, should I put that aside, and then a few hours later go on stage and just see what happens? Mm -hmm. Or should I reread over this and be like, okay, my new structure is this, I'm gonna hit this point and then this point, and then I'm gonna do this, and then with this new line, and, and try to kind of, not even really rehearse it, but just go over it to the point where I know the order? Or is it gonna be better and more magical if I get up there and just like let it happen, however it happens, and go from there, that
1: I find is the biggest challenge is the order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the order takes up too much space in my brain that that inhibits the writing. Mm-hmm. So once I have the order down concrete, then I'm freed up to work on the writing more. Yeah, but I always find like I'm like all right, that's next, blah blah, blah. and I'll have like little tricks. I'll be like. Williamsburg Waterfront, what's love? And like, I have the transitions that like, oh, that comes after this, that comes after that. And then, Mm -hmm. so i have like the first couple words in my head, but that's rattling around. Yeah. And whenever something's rattling around, it's taking up space from other stuff.
2: Right, so yeah, what is ideal? Is it ideal to, to know that order so that you then have the freedom, but there is that little bit rattling around of like, oh, make sure to get from this to this? because then you are still going to be a little bit stilted on stage, Mm -hmm. but you'll be more kind of in control of making sure it'll be okay.
0: I mean, I don't think there's any one way to do it because I think Mm -hmm. there's some people that thrive on more prep. Yeah. And they, like you're saying, like people who try and do the old fashioned style, just being like super polished, wearing a suit, you know, but we're talking about me (laughs) Um.
2: (laughs) Or, or conversational comics, you know, like, yeah, if you, if you want to be that way, um, then, is it something that you're going to have to do to like, it's like, I wonder if at some point I need to stop basically writing much down at all or like, looking at it you know I can talk like I, sometimes I feel like the best I do with comedy is when I went to work that wet day and I was riffing with people and like just and, and maybe I'm yeah. talking to my wife and, and making her laugh and then I don't think about what I'm gonna do I don't know and then I get there and then I just let myself and, and and it might be a little looser but it's it's in the moment and I'm not you know I might forget something but I I I feel like I would become like the the best version of myself if i just did that every time
1: i think that's what it comes down to is just doing it more and more the yeah. more and more you just on stage doing it the better it just gets like if i have nights in new york where i do three shows it's exponentially better than when i just have one or two yeah exponentially not just so it's really just doing sense. it and doing it it's so nice it's so fun yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, so you do have this podcast the the gary hour yeah and you've been doing this for a few years right
1: the podcast uh it's on hiatus right now i just needed a break Mm doing a weekly podcast it's hard yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's hard so i did it for a year and it was great it was such a great experience and uh i'm starting to regroup and remotivate, and it's gonna start back up soon
0: do you have any like takeaways from that experience or advice for people who run a weekly podcast? <laughs>
1: um, I find that the hardest is booking the guests, mm-hmm. scheduling. Um, once, I, like, I had a love-hate relationship with it. Maybe you do too, but <laughs> it's like I hated having to schedule people. and um, But then once they'd come and we'd start talking, I was like, oh, th- I love doing this. Right. But then the audio part of it, I didn't love doing it and uploading the technical part wasn't that's that's good you've got yourself a producer that's good
2: yeah shout out to body tape international thanks for having us uh well so but you you were doing it all by yourself for two and a half years or it's just on hiatus right now Mm -hmm. um but i was listening to your most recent episode and you said that you had a sponsor the future moment moments app creators yes right so how did how did you get a sponsor and how did that work that's me is that you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, All right, there we go. There
1: yeah. we go. I have a little uh, side company. Okay. So I kind of made myself a sponsor. Gotcha. I gave myself a good rate.
2: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, all right, nice. Um, did you ever ask for donations in any way? Or do you well, think we, about it in the future?
1: We did have a, a host. Acast was hosting us, mm-hmm. and they put in commercials.
2: Okay. okay. Acast, how did you get in with them?
1: Um, I I don't remember. They They were starting up. And I don't exactly know how it happened, but we ended up emailing, and then they explained that what they do, and I was like, oh, that's kind of brilliant. They'll host it for free, mm-hmm. and then they just sell commercials. Thing is, you don't know what commercials gotcha. are gonna be on there. You know, there could be commercials for almond milk. Yeah. And you won't even <laughs> and know fuck that.
2: fuck almond milk. Yeah. It's not <laughs> real milk. Don't wanna alienate Stop your farmer it that. audience. Exactly. You Pour you an almond milk into Apple Jacks. What is anything anymore? <laughs> Do y'all remember those apple? You're too young.
0: I remember the Apple Jacks commercial. All right,
2: fine. <laughs> it was just infuriating to me. I was like, no one would want it to taste like apples. But what do the apple farmers think? That's not even apples. Exactly. They should right? be the ones suing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no real flakes of apples,
0: I or doubt. Or the makers of Jacks, you know? Yeah, just like they're those not those real Jacks. Jacks. They're not real Jacks. That's they're something they never addressed in <laughs> those commercials.
2: <laughs> Good point. They are circles. Yeah.
0: Apple, apple donuts apple rings apple tubes yeah apple rings apple tubes who doesn't love a good apple tube? <laughs> apple orifices yeah, yeah. yeah. apple oh. holes apple holes <laughs> yeah. there we a- go apples. a-hole okay uh,
1: that's a winner right there apple assholes that's that's mm-hmm. gonna take
2: it yeah it's appetizing um <laughs> so you're gonna get the the podcast back going and so you made some money from the commercials
1: Nah, not really not really no
2: so they just hosted the, you traded the commercials for the hosting
1: yeah, I think because they were starting out, they didn't have all that many gotcha. uh, sponsors yet. Um, I heard a couple commercials here and there, but some it would be random. Sometimes you'd hear a commercial and sometimes <laughs> you funny. wouldn't. Yeah. And
0: did you leave the group or are they still hosting it or did you like take a step back to produce it all yourself?
1: Uh, well, they host it. So all I okay. would do is produce. I would just upload it to them.
2: Gotcha. And then
1: it's cool because you could schedule when it gets released and all that.
2: Gotcha. So that kind of just helped you with all the, the busy work. Yep. Um, so when you start it back up, do you ever have any plans in the future of trying to monetize it for yourself?
1: Oh yeah, I think just once it gets popular enough where I could pull it off there, I'll just self-distribute Yeah. and see if I can get a couple advertisers on yeah. my own.
2: Do you know how to go about doing that?
1: Yeah, I think you just call the people.
2: Just call some kind of rep from a company? and.
1: Yeah, if you have a particular type of audience mm-hmm. that you think would... Be good for that particular sponsor.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's. I think that's what newspapers do. They have ad people that sell ads.
2: Yeah. Okay. And so you. Yeah. You just ask. You just. Hey. You. I think you'd be a natural sponsor for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: And you show them what kind of listenership you have. Mm-hmm. And then.
2: How many listeners do you think you need before you should go to a company and?
1: That's what I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't know those numbers.
0: Yeah. And also, probably every company is different. So right. if you're doing like a maybe smaller, more boutique right. type place, maybe they don't mind if it's like thousands of listeners. Right? Just like, hey, you got 200 people, but they're 200 people we think are cool. So, right? Yeah.
2: Well, my other podcast that um that I just started, Gender Fluids, we want we're trying to get sponsored by Fleshlight, and I feel like it wouldn't take that many listeners for this to yeah. them to just give us a few free ones. Mm-hmm. We'll start there <laughs> <laughs> for us to try, and then we can better advertise them, and then. Start giving us out to like give yeah. to to our thousandth uh, subscriber or whatever, you or you know? just
0: have like hey uh, if you type in gender fluids at checkout you get ten percent yeah off that sort fleshlight. of thing yeah we yeah. can do right. that
2: like they so that yeah it's the, one of those deals right I think that's popular for them because that way any extra business they get you know it's not taking anything away they're just going to get a little extra business and we're going to get a cut right yeah, yeah. The company's got to agree to that pretty
0: pretty readily
1: uh, win-win situations are great i think that's a win-win right there
0: yeah exactly there's probably some advertising no guy in the company just like pulling his hair out being like how do i get the word out about <laughs> flashlights sales are down sales could you know sales could be better
1: well first of all maybe don't think about fucking a flashlight there's, yeah. I've never thought about wanting to have sex with a flashlight.
0: Yeah. You can I think, uh, make one yourself out of a Pringles can and two sponges.
1: Uh, you've just knocked oh, flashlight <laughs> out of business. <laughs> I
0: know. Two sponges. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. The more you know.
1: <laughs> Don't put that information on the podcast. We're not going to be
2: on the other podcast. No, no, no. no, so no. We won't say that on the other this podcast. This is totally
0: secular disclaimer. You've
2: just
1: lost flashlight as a sponsor.
2: Yeah. Who, who can we get to sponsor Leading the Blind? Yeah. <sighs> Mm, i don't think anyone's interested in um comedians we don't have any money so why would you know what i mean we're not gonna sell anything oh that's frustrating um and though i saw seeing on your website that you also have a music page you said you're a musician for a long time so you have like your Bandcamp page yeah and people can buy stuff so do you ever get little trickles of money from that
1: yeah it's nice it's very rewarding when you sell some music
2: that's, I love that because that I mean you go to your website and you're like, okay, here's this podcast, here's a video. I'm a comedian, but also here's music. So instead of, you know, trying to get people to buy a T-shirt or whatever, if anyone wants your merch, they could buy music. And people, yeah, people I mean, seem to like music, so that seems smart.
1: Yeah, it's such a different part of me. Like mm-hmm. the music is so people ask me if I mix comedy and music or I do funny songs, and I like Tenacious D and that kind of stuff, but. Mm-hmm. For me, it's such a different expression. My music side is, like, pretty emotional.
2: Yeah, I was really... I clicked on it. I was so afraid it was going to be a funny thing. And I was like, oh, God, am I going to have to listen to some dumb rap right now that may or may not be that funny? And then there's a... You know, like, the musicians, the the comedians who do songs, but, like, the verses are two lines long, and then there's a chorus that repeats over and over that you're like, yeah, we heard those jokes already, dude. Like... Longer versus shorter choruses. So wait, they're
1: just doing their bits over tracks.
2: Yeah, have you heard the, those that kind of song where it's it'll literally be like the verse is four lines, mm. and then you're like, okay, that was funny enough, I guess, and then the chorus is four more lines, but then you keep hearing, so it'll be like an A B C B B B or something, where you're like, okay dude if it's a comedy song like we don't need you to do this chorus over and we don't you know sorry that's just a little shade thrown on the dumb guitar (laughs) comics out there Mm,
1: yeah well I feel like that for some reason it's hard to listen to more than a few times yeah even if it's good you're like all right got it
0: yeah we go we we heard that yeah less chorus do you and your girlfriend ever collab on tracks yeah she's a musician
1: yeah it's really fun to play music together
0: That's cool. Mm -hmm. Which one of you
2: makes more money?
0: Hey.
1: uh Um, It's pretty even, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Not for long. She'll probably start making more money than me because she's getting a real education. She's in grad school as Mm -hmm. well.
2: She's in actual grad school. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Not
1: like uh, our unpaid grad (laughs) school, which leads to poverty.
0: Hey, but no debt. That's what's great. No debt buildup. there you go just
1: an emotional debt yeah yeah (laughs) just do you think being a comedian makes you obviously it's not for everyone can make you like a sour bad person
0: Hmm. i think it's uh i mean because a lot of it is a lot of introspection and sometimes it can be very self-deprecating and maybe a little self-pitying i guess because you're mm. talking about your experience. So sometimes I think if you lean too hard into the emotional masturbation of it and forget that you're supposed to be like making people laugh and having a good time, right. then I think it can make certain people sour, I guess, because yeah. they're just right. reliving painful experiences. And
1: yeah, and you're like, that's what a therapist is for. You yeah, know, the stage yeah. is for you to entertain people. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you want to make it enriching for you but ultimately you're just there to entertain you're an entertainer yeah
2: Yeah, i don't i think it's a smaller percentage of comics but there are comics who use the state like they they think that they're supposed to be angry and i think that they it's almost a trap that they can't get out of because they think that like that their heroes seem angry to them and that's what they're trying to be but Mm -hmm. they haven't figured out how to make it fun and funny and how to really enjoy it. And I think they misunderstand what their heroes are really doing. Right. Um, And I think those people can get better. And or if if you're just not very talented and you really still want to do this and you keep doing it, I think a lot of those people can get embittered about it. Um, But I don't think that's the majority of comics. I think the majority of comics just really enjoy doing this, or at least enjoy doing it more than half the time.
1: I think one of the hazards is that you're having a one-way conversation a lot. Mm-hmm. so you can lose sense of listening.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say too, is it's not, I'm not sure if it's made me sour, but I think it has um, made me more, even more self-focused than mm-hmm. I ever already was, which was quite a bit. Self-involved. Self-involved. Self-absorbed and self-involved. just something i've been trying to work on lately but um tell
1: us more about that (laughs) (laughs) well i think just
0: like through trial and error at open mics and like trying to work out how you really feel about something or how you really think about something is definitely illuminating for yourself to be like, oh i'm I'm kind of this kind of person." And you can take that as a good thing or a bad thing, or you'd be like, uh, maybe this is too dark for people. Maybe I should work out how I feel about it.
1: It is really good in that sense. like yeah. you get you get not only do you get a a good reading on yourself, but you get a good reading on people. Yeah, like it's gotten to the point where I can be on stage and quickly look at the crowd and tell, Who's in relationships? Who are the Republicans? Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's it's really sharpened that sense.
2: Yeah, that's true, and you do learn more about what's really going on in people's hearts and minds than most people get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, you can tell when someone the way people respond, you're like, oh, I know what that really means about your politics, or
0: I know, God, I know how that date's going, or whatever. Yeah, um, especially in this climate too. Um, because you watch like old stand-up specials and you're like, "This does not hold up well, <laughs> yeah, because everybody's like too, too I don't want to say like too woke, but I mean, like there is that sense of, I feel like eggshells more mm-hmm. so. So you have to be like twice as smart as the audience to mm. to get them to laugh in spite of themselves, I guess, true, or to see the see the path, <laughs> I guess I don't know. But Gary, do you have that, too, where you feel like it, you uh, doing
2: comedy started making you more self-involved and self-absorbed? Is that something you've had to deal with?
1: Yeah, I do feel like it's made me kind of a worse listener. Mm-hmm. And um, it's there's a, there's a balance. I think the self-involvement could be good because you become self-aware. Yeah. So I think it's really helped me figure out, be more honest with myself on who I am and where my shortcomings are and how people perceive me. So it's been really good in that sense. But um, I do think that a lot of comedians, including myself, you can really lose a sense of listening, like really listening to people. Because maybe you're running jokes, you're thinking of jokes, or you're just not used to engaging in a back and forth.
0: Or like you're saying, just like trying to remember your run order for your right. jokes that you've, you're forgetting to like clock all the looks in the audience during that joke and like setting it up for yourself. Well,
1: it's like, you know how Jerry Seinfeld says, he's like, when I'm back in the green room, I don't know how to talk to those people. But when I'm on stage, that's where I feel comfortable. I know how to talk to those people. And I'm like, but you're not talking to those people. Mm-hmm. You're you know, talking you're, at them. <laughs> you're talking at them yeah. and you're not. So what he's really what it seems to me is like, Oh, he's not very good at like listening and engaging in a back and right. forth.
2: Yeah. And it's like, is that the kind of person that we want to be is someone who then loses that ability to function socially in a way that's really likable and, and fun for anyone else. Um, it, but is, the, is that the only way to be Jerry Seinfeld level successful is if you just go into that. I mean, I hope not.
1: I hope not too. Yeah. That's but he did to try to drop. uh an equivalency, but it's a mm-hmm. false equivalency of those two things.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, there. It's it. You're still, they're still like, oh, I can be comfortable talking to a bunch of people in a way that's surprising, considering how bad I am being with these other people. But it's just such a different ball game that it's like, no, but you're just, you're socially awkward, just like the rest of us, mm-hmm. and it's only made worse now by the complications of fame and. Yeah, decades of self-absorption. And I think
1: you can be a shy person off stage, and then not be, sh- and be the type of person that can get on stage and and give a great show and be totally confident. Totally it's different things.
2: That's what—that's my whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and do you still have? A, I saw that you had a weekly show um, called "I Don't Get It" in Brooklyn. Yeah, Is that still going on. No,
1: thank goodness. Um, <laughs> that came. That ran for about three and a half years. Mm. And what a great experience that was. I mean, we had so many great people on that show. Mark Norman did it a bunch. Mike Kaplan did it a bunch. Nick Vatterop, Ben Kronberg, uh, Phoebe Robbins. So many There's like great mm-hmm. list to to see those people work on their comedy. And it's it was a small room. It probably fit 25 yeah. people max. Nice. And then to see them have specials and do it on late night. You're like, oh, I've heard all these jokes. But to see how they've formed it and edited it and... It. it's really great learning experience
2: why did it end
1: um it was kind of just a mutual thing i was just sick of doing it yeah i would get messages from comics like one or two a day asking to be on the show and like it kind of inhibited all my interactions i would always right. feel like any time a comic talked to me it's because they wanted stage time yeah yeah and i was just sick of Booking it, sick of like every Friday, taking the L train, getting up the first avenue, walking. you walk up. It's so stupid because I was like wanting it to end for probably at least six months. But I'm like, I can't give up this show. It's a successful show. I have a good stage every Friday. This is dumb to give it up. But I just was so sick of it.
2: Did you not hand it off to someone else?
1: No, the owner uh, of that venue, he just one day, he's like, he goes to me, should this be the last show? <laughs> I go, yeah, maybe so.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could just tell that you didn't really want to be doing it anymore. Yeah, we yeah. both
1: kind of knew he's a cool guy, and I think we both knew it was just time to end it. And then I said, I was like, "Should we do one final one?" He goes, "If you want to."
2: You're like, mm. <laughs> "Yeah."
1: That that right when I said it, I was like, "Oh God, that's going to be so much pressure."
2: All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was like, you know what? That's exactly what I was trying to escape was that weekly pressure.
2: <laughs> gotcha.
1: It's much easier, and plus, I always perform way better when I'm on someone else's show.
2: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Hosting sucks. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't host the show, MC host the show, but I would, it would feel like I was hosting a dinner, you know, like it's much more fun to go to someone else's party and just like, you have all these people come to your house. Like, are you having a good time? Is everything good? You having a good time? How's the pot roast? True. Yeah.
2: So, um, were you nervous at all about giving that show up in terms of, am I going to get enough stage time?
1: Yeah, definitely. I was nervous about that. How's that going? So far, there's been no change, mm-hmm. which is kind of annoying, <laughs> but good. But yeah, it's uh, been no change. There's also like a weird thing with swapping shows. Like, if someone asked to be on my show and they ran a show, I'd be like, well, you know, why don't you instead just offer me a spot on your show? Yeah. And then if I think you're, if I also think you're good, I'll give you a spot on my show.
2: Well, maybe they thought the th- same thing to you. But, right. you. but they were asking,
1: not you. They were asking. So yeah. often I'd be like, yeah. And I'd love to do your show too. And sometimes we just like do dates, and that would be that. And sometimes we'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll see about getting you on. I'm like, you know, a lot of people haven't seen me too, so yeah. there's that. And
2: no, that's true. That's a frustrating thing for me. Is like with booking my show is yeah. If you if you want to get on the show and you and you have a show, I would much rather you say, hey, um, I'd love to have you on my show, and I'd love to do your show, than you just saying, hey, let me do your show.
1: Exactly. that, And that's how it should be and done. I'm like, are you even yeah. going to put
2: me on your show? Cause right.
1: You- and that's how I would do it when I wanted to yeah. book someone and also be on their show. Be like, hey, you want to do my show? And plus, I'd love to do
2: yours. I think it can feel a little bit uh, <laughs> to to be like, hey, you want to trade favors? You know, but <laughs> yeah. But I also think it's more honest. And we all get that we all want to do. It. And if you know, if you if you know that you are a good comic yeah. that you, you don't feel like you're gonna fuck up somebody's show because you're like gonna be the weak link in it if you exactly. know that you're not that then I think it's totally fair to say hey man let's put each other on each other's shows cool
1: exactly yeah. and I'm definitely to the point where I'm not gonna fuck up your show yeah and uh, but that's the kind of vibe that I was psyched to be done with Mm-hmm. just that oh it's like this, this that precarious interplay and I don't, I really don't understand the stigma I think people take their stupid bar shows way too seriously <laughs> you know like it's a stupid bar show I don't care even if you bomb on my show whatever the next person people didn't pay to come to this show mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal
2: did you so you were doing a free show did you ever do tip jars
1: yeah we'd pass around a tip jar
2: did you start that from the beginning
1: no I started right up about the point where I was like you know what people should be getting paid mm-hmm. the lineups were getting too good and I was like people shouldn't be getting this for free
2: yeah yeah. or if they are yeah tip Did, would you so this is something I've been encouraging people in town to do more and more now mm-hmm. as the uh, skill and talent level in Austin has continued to increase we've been at a place for a while now where we deserve to be getting paid a lot more than we are I mean and it's one of those the musicians are all getting but it's
1: also like not about as, not as much as about deserving but like devaluing the art
2: right exactly I mean, you
1: know we put a lot of work into it and we want to give it a value right you know you hire a plumber and you're not gonna be like oh was, this is free right Did great
0: job clap clap <laughs> yeah, yeah, <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> I really loved it man great great job yeah. yeah I think it was a good learning experience for you to fix my sink thank you <laughs> yeah
1: good exposure yeah. right good exposure I'll tell my neighbor about your plumbing
0: <laughs> yeah
2: Check out what podcast it's all about. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, that's the thing. So, but I think with tip jars that what I've seen, and and tell me if you have uh, further pieces of advice from this or if you agree with these things. I think uh, what I've seen work best is if you have somebody else pass the tip jar around, unless the physical space doesn't make sense for that. You particularly like an attractive chick is ideal, and if an attractive woman passes a tip jar around, and it's already like, preferably you could have her start with some people who are plants who you've told to put money in. Oh, that's a good idea. So that because people are social, they're just going to do what they think everyone else is doing. The first few people pass it by; they're like, "Uh, sure, whatever. But if the first couple of people pull out a five Mm -hmm. or a few ones or whatever, and then they put that in, everyone else is going to be like, oh yeah, everybody else is doing it. I'll look like a cheapskate if I don't. So, so that would be my ideal is if all the free shows in town that are good, if mm-hmm. you're, if you're not running, if your show is not good, don't do this, but if you run, <laughs> please a, don't, please do, don't that. do that. It's, it's yeah. horrifying when it's not good. But if you run a, a show with good comics, who've been doing this for years and are talented, you know, then pass that tip jar around, have someone do it if you can and seed it with some money, even even if it's not a plan in the audience, but you start it with a few dollars, even that is like a little psychological trick. It's what you do at bars and yeah. coffee shops if you're smart. Um, do you have
1: do you have audience members hand it to each audience member so it goes around like that?
2: Well, that's what I'm saying, I think if the space doesn't allow for someone to walk around, then you have to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think audience members don't like, and it gets confusing. Oh, do we pass it to this side now? So that's why it's best if you have um, a friend of yours who's not on the show, mm. preferably. But if you can, someone's girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, yeah. can magician's assistant. Yeah, can pass <laughs> it in, in a sexy outfit, preferably. Yeah. Hope you know. And then they pass it around and make sure that it goes to everyone. I think that would be ideal. And I think we would make a surprising amount of money that people
0: underestimate that. And then you can Mm -hmm. use that money to pay the comics and also invest in your show. Totally. Do more marketing. uh, Do little stickers, like free little giveaways. So it becomes more fun for the audience Mm -hmm. to come out, you know. Yeah, giveaways
2: and promotion. And yeah, pay yourself, pay the comics cool any yeah, other advice there, about tip jars how to go for there
1: you there were there were several shows where the hosts the host i would make sure it got paid mm-hmm. the most the sta- at least the standard host rate but there were a lot of shows where the host made more than at the comedy clubs yeah which i thought was always like a nice thing
2: tight all right people tip jars but make sure you make
1: your show good. <laughs> good, yeah. good you have to have good people on there yeah because you're also devaluing comedy as an art form when it's bad you know Right. Some shows should be free, and some shows shouldn't be advertised as shows
2: and since you um, did the show for a while, um can you talk about talk to our listeners about the lineup of a show? how, how you would you do an hour long hour fifteen?
1: Yeah, it would usually be about mm, between hour hour and a half.
2: Okay. And so how many comics would you tend to have on?
1: There'd be about seven between seven and eight.
2: Okay, so let's rank these people. Let's say there are seven and now of course the, that's not the only dynamic is like strongest to weakest but because you might be m- putting styles uh, p- people who are stylistically similar apart from each other mm-hmm. or, or mixing up genders or whatever kind of demographic stuff but let's in a vacuum if you have seven comics who are on you can, you, who you can just rate from better to worse what do you think is the ideal uh, lineup? for
1: all killers. is, is yeah, the ideal sevens, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say because uh, I won't name names, but I've had uh, like top notch comics on the show that would be regulars at the comedy cellar, for example, and they wouldn't do any of their material. They would right. try all new material. So they would bomb. And I've right. seen like a lot of great comics bomb. But then there are comics that were great, like Mark Norman, who I will call out, who will never let your show bomb. Like he'd come and, He'd try out new material, and if he was bombing, boom, he'd pull out stuff that I saw him do on Fallon or whatever. Yeah. And he always kept it at a level that made the show good, and I think that's really important to do. Yeah, And then I'd have often like up-and-coming comics that don't really have any credits, and they'd kill. They'd yeah. do really well, and they'd do better than the headliners. So yeah. it really depends on what the individuals bring into the show.
2: Right, but just in terms of building, building a flow yeah. for the show, do you ha- but let's just say, like I said, obviously, there's all those dynamics, and that's so true, especially like, yeah, the successful comedians, they might use your show as a way to work out, and mm-hmm. not everyone has that sense of professionalism like Mark Norman does., yeah. um but let's pretend that you have seven comics who are distinctly at a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. What do you think you would do?
1: i always I always like to start high energy mm-hmm. and yeah. good i think starting if you, if your host isn't well first of all your host has to be good yeah. i think the host is the most important part of the show yeah, really. if your host brings the show down it's just it's a drag brutal. it's yeah. brutal so having a good host is the most important and i always thought starting strong and high energy was good yeah. and then you can kind of mix and mix, kind of i would always dj it up like i mm-hmm. would rarely do a set lineup i would just kind of be it like a DJ.
2: Oh, interesting. Throw them on.
1: Because sometimes I wouldn't know what to expect from a comic. Yeah. So if someone went up there that I thought was going to be great and they'd bomb, then I'd be like, all right, can you go up next? Audible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, so that that's ideal, right? If you have that ability, you don't have any kind of like preset you know slideshow or something that needs to be but if you have then and if the comics are cool with that because sometimes they're also messaging you i'm gonna be late and you know right whatever. yeah but if you have that ability to play it by ear and, the, and and say hey man you know what i need you to go up next because we gotta say yeah the if show they're right there now.
1: it's nice and you have the options mm-hmm. yeah but then i could always go up there and do extra time yeah which is a bonus of having your own show
2: Right. Okay. Um, yeah, well, that's just something because I've, there's sometimes I'll see shows where, yeah, they think that they should go from weakest to strongest, or even start with a higher energy. But then, but then you put even if even two comics in a row who are not doing well, Mm. you can walk your crowd or just Mm -hmm. bring the whole thing down. And I just want a host to think about that, like, make sure you mix it up and keep it, you know, yeah a and good host can
1: save a show though big mm-hmm. time that's true so.
0: it's a really important art form yeah. just like hosting by itself as a skill because a- there's a lot of great comics and there's like people who are great hosts yes you yeah. know and if you can find people like that definitely keep them around
1: mm-hmm. good hosts are really valuable
0: yeah yeah because if if someone
2: goes up there and doesn't do well and then the host even just make makes a little joke about it hopefully one that doesn't you know, make that comic want to kill yeah. himself, or hopefully they've just already gone outside to smoke a
1: <laughs> at least just quick comedy <laughs> just, at least <laughs> just quick comedy,
2: but don't kill you. but but if they make a joke about it, it just lets the audience breathe. like breathe and also realize like we're all in this together, right. like yeah. like you're not mean or not happy, you know, whatever, like we're all recognizing the experience that just happened. Let's move on,
0: yeah,. Lord.
2: Cool. All right. So that's your show, and you're not doing it anymore, but it's still going well. I'm just uh, looking for the next questions that we haven't already gotten to.
1: You've researched.
2: I've done some research.
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> I try to be professional. Uh, do you travel a lot doing comedy? Um, or just whenever you happen to be moving through town?
1: Yeah. I, lo- I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say I travel a lot, but I like to try the material out in different places. I do a lot of youth hostel shows. Really? Too, which is kind of fun because... You know, you you realize what material, what references and material you can't do, um, certain things. Just it changes your perspective on your material. I've done yeah. shows in like uh, DC, and I did a West Coast tour uh, last year up and down the west coast and you know it's just interesting to see how the material translates to different people yeah and obviously like subway material doesn't work (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you're like oh man i just lost like a good seven minute chunk there damn it
2: yeah because some places have buses and but even then usually people don't ride the buses and it doesn't just doesn't work. Buses mean a very different thing depending on what city you're into. Yeah, you know, and you can't just be like, you know, how you're, on. Yeah. yeah, or even public
1: transportation. You yeah,
2: know, if you haven't lived in one of a handful of cities, then people people have that response of like, Ugh, public transportation that's for homeless people, and you're like, okay, that's not mm.
1: right. Also, edginess. Like, I have a lot of stuff that's you know, I think once I establish who I am on stage, I start to, I think I start to get away with. More edgy stuff. Yeah. And um, they know I'm not serious about it. Yeah. You got to get them
0: on your side first. (laughs) Yeah. And and
1: show, like, yeah, I'm not a murderer. You know, I might talk about killing my girlfriend, but I'm obviously not going to do that. You know, it's just like an exploration of thoughts like Louis C.K. would do. Right. You know, he says the most horrible things, but you know, it's a joke. Right. But on the West Coast, I found, especially in San Francisco, no.
2: Yeah. Really? Yeah,
1: they they're very sensitive about some stuff there.
2: That's what I hear and that's what I assume. Yeah. Shame on you, San Francisco. (laughs) But then you also see what gay San Francisco (laughs) are so gay.
1: (laughs) I did have a woman walk out uh, so the joke is like, I don't know, you know, I I think I might be in love, but I don't know what love is, you know. But last night I was my girlfriend and I were lying on our backs and she rests her head right here on my shoulder and it was so sweet. And I said to her, really, you're just gonna fall asleep like that? You realize I could so easily just choke you to death. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just snap your neck and you wouldn't have time to let out a squelch.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe that's what love is. <laughs> you know, like once you yeah. know, like I'm, yeah. I'm a thin little guy, I'm not like, I'm yeah. a peaceful person, like then it's like funny, like, yeah, yeah. is that the definition? No one knows the definition of yeah, love. Right. So that kind of thing. But um, if there is a, a woman I, walked out. A woman walked out and I'm like, "Oh, maybe she had uh, A an abusing abu-
0: incident.
1: Yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> Maybe she had an abuser yeah. in her life. And in the middle, of the life, right when that joke ended, she got up and she goes, "You can't joke about those things." Mm-hmm.
2: And she walked
1: out, leaving her boyfriend sitting in the seat,
2: <laughs> thinking about killing her.: probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Exactly. And then like I'm thinking about all the other stuff I said that she sat there for that she right. wasn't offended by.
2: It all depends on who molested you is what I've always said. That's yes. everybody's everybody's offended by something. And it's like, that's the thing that they don't understand. The, like, hypocrisy, the of that. hypocrisy of it. Yeah. And if you need to leave fucking, yeah, that's the thing. Trigger shit. That's your own shit. You, you leave. And if that's what you need to do, great. I, Chances are you're about to tell a different joke anyway, and it's too late. But and I think
0: that's fine. I was actually
1: going to repeat that one again.
0: Oh, okay. yeah. She was right to leave. <laughs> I think it's fine if you need to leave a show, but also just like the idea of someone like coming up being like, no, you're wrong during your set and mm-hmm. then leaving, like having to make make it about them right. and then leaving yeah. and you're like, ooh. But guys, maybe that's the only way
2: she can get off. That's true. <laughs> if, if that's the case, you know, you helped a woman achieve
0: orgasm, which is, yeah. Notoriously difficult to do. So I know every time I get an orgasm, I have to leave the room. So yeah, that's how I feel. I, I bet people love that. They do.
2: <laughs> Very polite. Um, so do you have what you would call like specific goals for your career? You want comedy to be career, your career at this point?
1: Oh yeah, I would love it. Okay. Yeah, I would love to just be able to. I love. What, I think what I would love the most is from me to find my audience or for an audience to find me yeah. so I can do a show with people of like-minded sensibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I've done shows for like really a lot where there's just a lot of Trumpers in the crowd and it's just tough. I just, hmm. you have to change the material. There's certain material that I know they're not going to jibe with. So it'd be nice. Ultimately would like my, an audience to find me, which I think the podcast really helps. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah, to be able to just like, make enough money to live on and, you know, fly around and do shows and yeah. be so fun. What do, you got,
2: <laughs> what do you have day job wise right now?
1: Day job, I do some audio stuff. I have a couple apps in the app store that are nice. audio related like Mic Swap and uh, Audio Fix for videos. So I pimp out those apps. What does
2: Mic Swap do? Mic Go Swap, pimp.
1: it's like a, it's an audio recorder. It's a mic modeler. So you open it up and then you could like swap through different microphones and get different sounds. Oh cool Kind of like Instagram for audio.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah, cool What's the other one
1: audio fix for videos? That's what future moments is that's the company So we have have three apps under that company right now. I've got a partner in the Netherlands Nice, so he does the coding and I do the ideas
2: Oh, I need that set up. <laughs> that sounds ideal. Yeah. Oh, all right. Cool. So with your goal, your goal is just to make a living doing stand-up and to get yeah. to go do cool shows and travel and do comedy with, with your audience. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, um, how are you working on getting there short term?
1: That's a good question. Just keep doing shows. Just keep doing... I should probably be more strategic, but um, <laughs> just keep writing, keep getting it to the point where... There's no real answer, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so many different things that have worked for different people. There's people in New York that have just been doing stand-up forever and they started a podcast and their podcast became really popular.
2: Right.
1: Um, I don't know, I should probably get back to the Gary Hour because that was doing pretty well.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, now that you don't have the weekly show, it might exactly. be easier to do the, the weekly podcast.
0: Yeah. yeah. And if you can find a partner in the Netherlands who would love to do booking. You yeah. Know, <laughs> dream scenario. Yes. Exactly. We were, yeah.
2: What's going on in the Netherlands? <laughs> they have all this free time.
1: Yeah, they do.
2: Um, and have do you think about getting an agent or manager one day? How does any of that?
1: Yeah, I would love to because I've seen uh, other comics. Once they get an agent, a lot of loops are jumped Mm -hmm. You know, they jump right through them and then they're in Montreal all of a sudden without sending a tape and just things start to happen.
2: So do you know how to get an agent?
1: I really don't. I think um, just getting so, like Steve Martin said, just getting so good that you can't be ignored. Yeah. I really just think that's what I'm trying to do.
2: Yeah, well, and you live in New York, so that's possible there in a way that it's much harder, you know, non-L.A. New York places
1: yeah there's probably more opportunity but there's so much competition People. right
2: but the idea is if you just keep doing this keep getting better then one day you might get discovered by yeah. an agent
1: or someone that really likes your comedy gets an agent and then they hook you up with their with agent. theirs that makes sense mm-hmm.
2: yeah that just the, the friendship networking um of all of it yeah,
1: yeah and friends friendship and networking is great but you still got to be good Of course, yeah. You know, someone's not going to be like, "Oh, you're such a great guy." Here's my agent. Yeah, (laughs) right.
2: (laughs) Although that does happen every now and then. Um, (laughs) What is your worst bomb that you've ever had?
1: Worst bomb. Uh, It's probably a few years ago. Just, I think I just kept digging myself a hole. It might have been. I remember. well this is the most embarrassing one for me. It might not have been the worst one I bombed, but it was the first worst time I for bombed. You. Worst yeah. for me. Um I was still dating at the time and uh uh went on uh, this girl that I was dating said, Oh, I'll be there in a second. I was excited for her to see me. I I was probably like six months into doing stand up and I looked for her and I couldn't see her and then I went on stage and I saw her thought I saw her from the stage and I'm doing the material and I'm not getting laughs, like I'm getting a couple like smiles. And then I start just like going faster and faster. I'm doing the material. And I'm like not even realizing. I'm like outside of my body. And then I get off stage. And I wasn't even sure I bombed. And then I I went out into the bar area. And I saw her. And she's like, oh, I missed your show. How'd it go? I'm like, I think it went fine. I think it went good. Oh, too bad you missed it. Oh, I think I left my beer in there. She goes, yeah, it's by the couch. I'm like, wait. How do you know my of yours? <laughs> I'm like, you were in there, weren't you? She goes, yeah, I was. I was like, wait, that wasn't good. She goes, ah. And then some, and then like in that right in that moment, the guy that was next to me goes, you know what you should try? You should try talking to the audience. Yeah. Like you know when someone in the audience is giving, giving you recommendations, yeah. something didn't Oof. go great. So that was so embarrassing for me.
2: But when you were on stage, you said you just weren't even really sure whether you were bombing.
1: Yeah, because I was
2: in your People own were head. smiling
1: like I was yeah. getting smiles, but looking back, it was probably awkward smiles. They were just like, oh, God, please stop.
2: If you could go back now and just jump into your body, uh, is there anything that you would know now to do? Yeah. Start talking to the audience. Go up.
1: Op- <laughs> yeah. Go opposite. Slow down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stop the material and ask someone in the audience a question. Mm hmm. Um, Do you ever see the Pete Holmes video on him bombing? Mm -mm. It's really funny and it's exactly, this is when I realized what happens. I somehow got turned on to that. So if you Google Pete Holmes bombing, he put a video of him bombing and he does the exact same thing. He just starts going faster and faster and sweating. And it's a really funny video and he breaks it up. And then I watched that video and I was like, oh, that's what happened that night.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it was so embarrassing.
2: It can be hard at a bar show to when you if, if it's a kind of audience where you really have to get their attention and they just there's a group of yeah. people who really just wants to be talking to each other and they have no interest in just going outside. And you're like, well, how do I slow down and get this if I'm also trying to like be like, ah, guys, you got to pay attention to me. Yeah. Right. You know,
1: well, I think sometimes the silence could make them stop. Mm-hmm. because it's like it's like in a bar if you turn off the music everyone's like oh shh yeah. yeah but yeah it's tricky to get people that's why it's easier at a comedy club right because people pay to get Just in facing yeah. you they're there's there. more
0: context around the show
1: yeah they're there to laugh they've paid yeah. to laugh
0: yeah charge people
2: to get in to your comedy shows that you way
1: you will get a, a higher quality audience that's true yeah
2: because they don't want to feel like they are idiots for paying to see something they're not going to pay attention to. There's
1: also a perception value thing built Mm -hmm. into us. We think, oh, if something costs more, it's better.
2: Yeah. I know. I even, like, when when I bark people in sometimes... I even am like, I don't think you should say free, free show. Like even just saying no Mm -hmm. cover just makes it a little bit better when you're trying to get people in. Hey, we got a comedy show tonight. And they're like, oh, really? How much does it cost? You're like, oh, no cover tonight. You know, no cover tonight or something. Because anything to cover up the fact that you're giving away for free, I think helps people's perceptions Mm -hmm. of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Is there uh, things that you see younger comics doing at open mics that you wish they would stop doing?
1: Oh, that's just like, what do we want to, what, should, what do you want to talk about that? Do people do that oh, here? Mm-hmm, yeah. Sure. Like, what do you want to talk about? Uh,
2: it's like you have four minutes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How much time do I have left? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: None. If you don't, yeah. If you don't have anything to say.
1: 20 seconds less. <laughs> right. Because you asked. Yeah. Well, and
2: there's so many hosts, at least here, who are afraid to be a little, like someone will go, oh, did I get the light? And it's like they got the light two and a half minutes ago. And they're like, Yeah. They're like, oh, so how much time do I have left? And they're always just like, Yeah, just a minute or whatever. And and so yeah. No, I mean just be like,
0: You're you're done, man. Yeah, like, you know
1: you got the light, three minutes, you're done now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> at now. the speed, Mike, now they're playing people off if they go over their time, which uh, is a, a nice sort of <laughs> sort of way to how be long like,
2: hey. How long have people been like at what are they doing it at four fifteen or what?
0: I think, I mean, it depends. I think if it's like someone good, I think they'll give them a little bit longer to kind of wrap up their point. Yeah. But if If it's it's just someone, yeah, yeah, if it's like someone up there who's, there's no punchline to the joke, it's just like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. They're (laughs) going on 30 seconds for no reason. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe not so much. That makes
2: sense. You already told us the best piece of advice um, that was comedy related, just that you're you're funny, trust that you're funny, that's why you're doing this. But what if you could go back and tell yourself a piece of advice in your first year? What would you tell
0: yourself?
1: Um, I would say just that. Just trust yourself. And uh, if you're bombing, stop the material, ask the audience a question, mm-hmm. and go from there. And, you know, it's a good practice to be able to ask questions and then work that into material. Mm-hmm. which is ideally what you want.
2: Right. Well, and that's why, so I I run a show that's where heckling is uh, allowed, but I, I also used to do a theme where it was all crowd work. And in fact, this next month, we're doing a combination where it's all crowd work and heckling is encouraged. Um, but one of the things I would always tell comics is like, you don't have to ask people where they're from or what they do for a living right ask them a question related to your material right but it doesn't even have to be in this overhanded where you're like hey guys does anyone here have a cat because i have a cat joke but you know you ask them something in the top but there's an interesting question to ask a person that they will respond to Mm -hmm. and then you can seamlessly get to your material that's
1: good advice that's a good little trick yeah cool i like that i'm gonna ask people about if they have a cat or not
2: well, if you have good cat jokes, I
1: actually have a couple cat jokes. Hey. <laughs> Ask them if they've
2: ever wanted to kill their girlfriend before. <laughs> <laughs> That's what love is. Is that
1: <laughs> not killing them? Yes.
2: Not ki- ultimately not killing them <laughs> yes. is yeah. what love is. Yes, I think that is what love is. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you so easily because you really could easily kill anyone that you live with. Yeah.
0: Every day you look at someone, and you're like, "Today you live." To. I choose not. I to choose them. not to. That's an act of love. Mm-hmm. Yep. I cook so many meals, I could kill
1: you every day. It's the ultimate trust, really. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, let's say so you're in the Brooklyn comedy scene. So if you were going to change, if, if you could change anything about the Brooklyn comedy scene as if you had a magic wand, what would you change? I wish
1: there was some sort of like test you had to take to even do an open mic. Oh. There's a lot of people doing comedy.
2: Just basic IQ tests.
1: <laughs> yeah, or just like, you know, uh, just knowing that you need to write jokes. You know, mm-hmm. you don't just go up there and just talk. Yeah. It's not your therapy, it's mm-hmm. comedy. I don't wanna sound like a big grump or like I'm like any sort of expert or anything, but yeah, there's just a lot of people talking about dumb shit that has no punchline.
0: Just waste a lot of time.
1: Wasting time, and it's brutally painful to sit through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People talking about their, like, drunk or drug-related escapades, but there's, like, no substance to it because it's all, like, you kind of had to be there.
1: Yeah, and that's that's something that you deal with getting older, too. It's like, you know, when you're 21, 22, certain things might be funny, maybe dick jokes or, Mm -hmm. you know, certain. And then when you get a little older, you're like, you know, I want some substance in my comedy. I think for me, like, seeing so much comedy is, like, a lot of people can make me laugh, but how many comics leave me with something that I remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that to me is so important. If I remember your joke the next day or the mm-hmm. next week, that is gold right there. Right.
2: That's that is what we're going for. That and that's what I'm going for. Right. You know, I want a
1: little substance in there.
2: Well, and that's how you build an audience too, like you were saying, if you want to build an audience, they have to remember you afterwards. They can't just be like, ha, everyone was funny. Right, you know, you have to stand out.
1: Yeah, I don't remember anyone's name. I don't remember any jokes, but it was fun.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's not going to get you an audience. But
1: if you have a joke where the person remembers it and they tell someone else that mm-hmm. joke, that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, <sighs> love it. All right, well, we're we're getting close to the finish line. We're wrapping <laughs> up. Um, which, hey, we're I'm I'm I've been doing a lot better about like, keeping as on track lately just proud of myself because i i don't know about you with Mm -hmm. podcasts i don't know how you were with yours but the ones where people start getting to the two hour mark and i'm just like i don't have that kind of time Mm. but some people do yeah i don't (laughs) i
1: don't mind length it's more about substance like yeah if someone can go if it could be three hours yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) whatever it depends on my day Yeah. yeah
2: yeah that's on how loose we're feeling. all right, so let's do comedy endorsements now, I've recently tweaked this to be more specific, just just I like well, let's focus on like a like people that you like they don't have to be famous, they can be um, that being said, I'm gonna cheat slightly and insert um a podcast that I want to in- endorse but but it's in the guys uh, well I don't know. i'm just <laughs> rambling okay basically i w- i did the good cock bad cock podcast the other day which is a podcast here that chris castles and zaley kane have um started and it was really really fun to do their podcast i enjoyed myself immensely mm-hmm. and i also had listened to i think their most recent episode before doing it and this chick emma arnold was on and I'm not sure what level of fame she might have for people, um, but she seems to be, you know, up and coming. And I see that she has an album out on Spotify called Shut Up Calvin, and I plan to listen to that. But also just her episode on Good Cock, Bad Cock was really great. I identified with her a lot. Even She's a, like a straight chick, but um, but just our experiences of sexuality and, and just this podcast in general, I just thought I, I was really, really impressed with what they were doing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Brett, you want to go next? Uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, A dear friend of the Austin comedy community, Dustin, his documentary, Funniest. Dustin's Valonk. Dustin's Faylock, yes. Uh, his documentary is going to be available to watch on Amazon on October 20th. Nice. So if you haven't seen it already, you probably should. It's got some near-dear friends of mine, Karina's in it. Karina uh, Magyar. Yes. <laughs> All of these people have less names, I promise. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, you should definitely watch it. It's great. Nice. So
1: Aaron? we're just plugging people?
0: Yeah, yeah, anything you want to endorse.
1: Um, well, Mark Norman has a new album out. That's great. Oh, Just oh, sweet. Great joke writer. Just classic joke writer. Anthony DeVito has a new album out and a Comedy Central special. That's really good. Great joke writer, but it's also... Like Mark Norman tends to be a little impersonal, yeah. more on the Seinfeld sc- scope of things. Right. Anthony DeVito kind of tells his story, so you get a good sense of who he is, but there's a lot of jokes in there. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a different style, but both very funny. Nice. And cool. uh, listen to the Gary Hour podcast after this.
2: Awesome. Well, let's also do some, some specific plugs. So if you have anything you want to plug, uh, load that up. Cock your gun? Uh, what, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, much
1: better than gunning your cock. Gunning yeah. your
2: cock. Gun. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Um, so if you're listening to this the day it comes out October. I can't believe we're on October. Um, October 26th tonight at 9 p.m. I'll be on the Alamo Laugh House show, the Alamo Draft House, on West Anderson, and Brett is going to be hosting that show. Nice. And then at 10 p.m. I'll be doing the Waterbed Show at Spider House. And on the 30th at 8 p.m. I'll be headlining the show at Vortex. And on the 31st for Halloween, I'll be at the Gatsby at 9.30. And check out the Gender Fluids podcast. Hell yeah. If you're interested in sex and gender.
0: And if you're not, I don't want you listening. Yeah. (laughs) Brett? Um... Uh, as Ariel mentioned, I will be hosting the Alamo Laugh House on the 26th at 9 p.m. Uh, also, if you're looking for something fun to do on the 28th, uh, the sketch show me and my friends from the comedy group Eggs have been working on. It's called Stable Face. So far, we've had really good reviews, and I bought a ton of merch that I want to put in your empty hands. So <laughs> come to the show; it's going to be a great time. Tonight.
1: Flashlight? Oh no, <laughs> not yet. Uh, to dream. I, don't, when's it, I don't know when this is coming out. So,
2: coming out the 26th of oh, October. Oh, 26th.
1: Okay. Well, if you're in New York, just go to garygarylevitt.com because that's where all my shows are. Mm-hmm. 26th mm-hmm. of October. Yeah, there's a show. There's just shows. Just go to Gary. Gary there's just Levitt. lots of shows.
2: Yes. Lots of shows. You can't even keep track of this. But if you're in New York... Gary, Gary, Some of them you
1: don't want to come to, and some of them you do.
2: Well, which ones <laughs> should they? <laughs> you want to focus on the ones?
1: Yeah. Well, the one there's one at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Come to that
2: one. Okay, Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Yeah, nice. And they should check out your music on Bandcamp. Setting Sun is that your band name? Yeah, that was my band. Yeah. Buy some, buy some music. You know, yeah. It's com- not funny. Comedy can get exhausting, too stimulating. Mm, yes. Right. You know, sometimes you just need to chill with some music
0: setting sun that sounds peaceful doesn't yeah. it just take your brain on an emotional journey you got some comedy get some laugh, cry music. yeah get what? it all out mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. put the music on shut the phone off shut your eyes
2: shut your eyes or listen to gary hour and get stimulated again yeah cool all right guys this was a lot of fun yeah thanks, thanks Thank for having you. me <laughs> International...